Hello, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. How's it going, guys? Welcome back to Adventure Radio. Today, we have Manaj Diaz for you. And uh, Manaj is the founder of A-Space, a drop-in meditation studio in Australia. And uh, he is a good friend of, uh, of myself and of the show. And... Um, yeah, he's a great all-round guy. So we got Minaj on because I wanted to have another conversation about mindfulness, and uh, I, I think it's just it's just crazy. I mean, the fact that um, the fact that people go out to the gym and uh, stand in front of a mirror and do bicep curls and and you know try and try and put all this time into the vanity of looking good and and uh, and so forth. People go out and put all this um, money into the fashion that they. Uh, that they, you know, that they want to achieve. Everybody uh, goes out and you know cares about their career and tries to get themselves to a to a position where they think they'll feel happy. But there's still this huge stigma around the fact that um, practicing mindfulness, whether it's um, any form of meditation, yeah, there's a huge stigma behind it. It's still a it's still a hippie thing to do. It's still an airy fairy thing to do. I'm very guilty of that. My mother's a yoga instructor and uh, she actually had been for years telling me to meditate and I thought that it would be um, sitting there omming, trying to um, have an out-of-body experience floating in the, in the air and looking down on yourself while you're in a, some transcendental plane. I thought it was hot air. I thought it was fucked. I thought it was all bullshit until due to the fact that I, um, I needed it because of uh, anxiety issues that I was having. I started meditating and then I realized, well, this stuff just works. I have no spirituality side to it. I, uh, I, um, I'm not a spiritual guy, but I meditate every single day, sometimes twice a day and I practice, uh, I don't practice what I preach, I preach what I practice. I tell people all day, every day that they should be meditating, not because they want to be at one with themselves, not because they want to get to a, a different place in their mind, not because they want to do fucking anything crazy like that. You should do it because it will make you a better person. It will make you a happier person. It will make you a more well-rounded person. It will make you a better non- better entrepreneur, better husband, better friend to be around. And it's five to 10 minutes a day. So um, if you guys have listened to the show, then you're well aware that me and Tommy are both very big on this. Tommy wants to make it his life's work, really. Um, yeah, so this is a great chat with uh, with Minaj, and Minaj kind of breaks down really the in- intricacies of what meditation and mindfulness actually is, what it does, um, the scientific benefits. Um, yeah, and it's just a great chat with Minaj because he's a great dude. So um, there's a few too many dick jokes in here, but um, I think if you can if you can wade through the the sea of dick jokes, then you'll probably uh, you get to the um, you get to the rock of glory in the in the middle. Uh, uh, that didn't that didn't work. Anyway, this show is brought to you by Audible, guys. Check out audibletrial.com forward slash ADVF radio and you'll see over 200,000 audiobooks. Um, some of the audiobooks that I've listened to in the last probably three months are uh, Start With a Why by Simon Sinek. That was a book that I was just not getting through in a handheld version. I had it in a book form. So I thought, fuck it, you know what? I'm going to knock this on the head. I was enjoying it, but I just wasn't getting through it as quick as I would like. So... What I did was I got it on an audiobook and I just uh, pumped it in. I also read, uh, listened to Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. That is a fantastic book about uh, transferring the military 
virtues. I'm not a military guy. Um, but transferring the military virtues over into the business uh, terms. I've read 10% Happier by Dan Harris. That's about uh, it's about meditation basically, but like uh, from just a, an average guy, not an average guy, he was a successful guy, but just an everyman tells you his story better. The Inevitable by Kevin Kelly, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk. The Thank You Economy by Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah, I just, uh, I couldn't speak more highly of Audible guys. I think if you're, uh, I think you're mad not to be using it at some point. Um, it's just an easy way to learn, take things in, and that will make you um, better at anything that you do. So uh, head to www.audibletrial.com forward slash A to VF radio. Get one free audiobook, one free 30-day subscription. Also, guys, we're brought to you by Quash Creative. Head to quashcreative.com and quote radio when you speak to our friend Sean Marsh down there, and uh, he will give you a free SEO report and a report on your current or existing brand. Marshy is the man uh, that did, uh, did the intro to this podcast, which I absolutely love. And um, yeah, he's, uh, he's all things creative, so check him out. Also, guys, last and not least, we are brought to you by AdventureFit Travel. AdventureFit Travel is an adventure travel company for the fitness community, guys. If you are after a holiday and you want to do it in a different way, you don't want to go out there and get drunk all the time, you don't want to go out there and travel around with a boring tour group like, uh, like most of the other tour groups are there out there. If you want to do epic adventure activities, guys, and you want, to, uh, you want to train throughout, you want to do some mindfulness, some meditation, some yoga, um, work on that side. So a whole, uh, a whole holistic experience while eating burgers and beers and partying your face off and climbing rocks and jumping off them and mountain biking, whitewater rafting, surfing. We do it all, guys, and it's so much fun when we do. I happen to be the founder and CEO, so you probably don't believe me, but uh, head to our website, check out the testimonials. Check out our uh, Facebook reviews and um, there's many, 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 many more, more people than me that will uh, attest to that and I think you'd be mad to uh, if you plan a holiday to not check us out. So if you want to, check out www.adventurefittravel.com. If you actually are going to go ahead and book on a trip, use the code word radio, you'll get 10% off. We've got Iceland, we have uh, New Zealand, we have Australia, we have Kokoda, the Greek islands, Hawaii, Bali, they're all coming and they're all within the next nine months. So www.adventurefittravel.com and here's Menage. Now before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one, no touching of the hair or face. And that's it. Yo. Discovery Roger, go for deploy. Where did we come from? Welcome back to Adventure Fit Radio. We're sitting here with Minaj. Is uh, Diaz? Diaz? Dias. 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 Minaj Dias. Probably should have done that. Yeah, before probably the should show. have done that. Yeah, <laughs> should have asked. Live on the show, we already don't know. <laughs> so we're sitting with Ben Stevens. <laughs> um, so before we throw to Minaj, we are going to uh, and welcome him in. We're going to start off with Tommy's tribute. Okay. As usual. So uh, oh, here, here we go, go. Minaj. Get ready. I'm going to get right into it this time. Here we go. I'm ready. 
really did this on. <laughs> you got a fast mind, and I got the ticket to freedom. I feel like I'm getting down. Not to worry, you're safe with me. I said I don't feel like me. Who are you and how can you help? Well, my name is Minaj, and meditation is the key. So remember when you were happy All those years ago I can get you there With a few deep breaths It won't take you long But you have to trust me When I saw you I knew I was the same as you And I, I Had a feeling within myself And I, I Got a yearning baby To help you man <laughs> To help you girl To help the world Welcome aboard, mate. Hey, that was very impressive. Very impressive. Thank you. Thank I you. I gotta use that. Thank you. That was very touching. Yeah, I feel like we've we've all touched each other now. In more ways than one. I mean, that was. Uh, I reckon that was my favourite Tommy's tribute. Really? That was. Wow. Fucking good, man. Yeah. Yeah, that was deep. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. We Thank normally you. throw like about four or five dick jokes in yeah, the, uh, yeah. into the into the Tommy's tribute. I was tribute, waiting for them. I yeah. can't yeah. waiting for them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's there's plenty coming. There's plenty in the tribute. A lot of knob jokes coming along. Yeah. Look, I'm Bernard, <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks for coming on the show, man. Thank you for having me. I'm very grateful to be here. Cool. Why don't you tell us um, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure. So um, my name is Bernard, and I've um, recently co-founded um, Australia's first drop-in multidisciplinary meditation studio, which sounds like a bit of a mouthful, but essentially what we do is um, we created probably about a year ago before that a um a business called a space which um which travels around australia and, and we've done a few things in new york and chicago um which uh so new york and chicago and we we did a couple of pop-ups around there pop-up meditation programs and workshops and, and talks um just around um, meditation mindfulness and, and spirituality in, in general mm. Um, and kind of bringing it to the public eye in a more contemporary way than you know perhaps it's been done in the past and through all those programs and workshops that we ran in, in Melbourne, we had lots of awesome feedback and, and all these really beautiful people that we were getting in touch with. Um, the feedback was that, you know, it's awesome that you had this workshop once a month, but then what do we do between workshops? Mm. And, you know, where are we going to see you next? Um, it's so cool to connect in this way. How come we can't do it more often? So um, probably around September last year, we had the idea, uh, me and my business partner, Josh, um, of opening up a studio um, opening up a, a multidisciplinary studio so people can come in, drop in for 30 minutes to 45 minutes, do a meditation class of, you know, seven or eight different traditions, and then just be on, on, on with their day. And uh, kind of really present these different meditation techniques in a really approachable sort mm -hmm. of way. Um, you know, me personally, I, I went through the monastery system, the Buddhist monetary, mm -hmm. monastery system and the temples. Um, so a lot of people find that really, really challenging to, to come in through, through that way. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's other people who are really interested in, in mindfulness and, and things like that, but they just don't know where they can go and find a teacher. Mm. So what we tried to do is we've tried to find um, the best teachers Melbourne has to offer mm -hmm. and um, house them in, in this one place in, in Collingwood and, um, and share their gifts and, and their talents. Mm. Awesome. Beautiful. So we'll definitely, we'll dive right into that 100% Minaj. Uh, um, but before we do... Um, for yourself, how did it, did it all begin? Because yeah. um, myself and Tommy meditate, but mm -hmm. I mean, we have our own stories of how it began for us. And it's still so many people out there 
don't meditate. Well, what oh. got you to this practice of mindfulness and meditation and so forth? Yeah, it's a really, really good question. I am, um, <laughs> even though I look like a little monk, I actually <laughs> never, um, never ever thought I would meditate. Um, it was around me from a very, very young age. My family was Buddhist, they'd have monks over, we were around the temples, but it never interested me at all. Mm. Um, so, you know, I kind of grew up when we came to Australia when I was five. I grew up, went to school, went to uni, um, got an awesome job. And uh, to everyone in the outside world, I had a really, really successful life. I had, um, I was a marketing director for a finance company. Um, you know, I had six-figure salary by the time I was 25. Shit. I had staff. I had um, a secretary, which was like the highlight secretary and business cards. That was like my two, two personal <laughs> highlights awesome. growing up. Yeah. That's what it's all about, right? <laughs> a secretary and a beard. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't That's have awesome. a beard back yeah. then. Oh, right. <laughs> the secretary um, had a beard. Yeah. <laughs> she was lovely though. Yeah, Suzanne. If you're listening to Suzanne, we're sorry about beard. <laughs> I, um, so yeah, so I, I, you know, from, from the outside world, it was a pretty successful life. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, in, in the inside, in, in, in my mind, I was, I was going through a lot. I was burnt out regularly. Um, I had moments in the course of my day where I would just ask myself, like, what am I doing with my life? Mm. Like, I just felt so lost. And even though I was good at what I did, um, I had this nagging feeling I was going to get found out. I'm like, fuck, I'm not really as good as what I think mm. I am. And someone's going to walk in and say, you're fucking stupid. Mm. What are you doing? Wasting all our money. And, you know, I had a lot of uh, stress that came along with, with managing staff. And um, they came along with, with the pressures of working in the marketing industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had poor healthy or poor eating choices, like, mm-hmm. cause I worked so, so long, um, at work, I'd, you know, binge out on Maccas and mm. my way of, um, relaxing would be to go for beers with the boys. Yep. Yep. You know, I, I, it was pretty normal now if, if I look back, but you know, um, for me at that stage, it was, it was pretty hardcore, um, on the, in, in on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of all came to a head one day when I was at work and, my secretary, um, Susan or Bob, whatever you want to call her, <laughs> came and um, came and kind of gave me a coffee in the morning, and I sat down and I, and I drank my coffee. And um, you know, the moment she kind of gave me the coffee, I had a sip. She looked at me and she's like, "Are you all right?" Mm. And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fine." She's like, "Fuck, you look a bit pale." And I'm like, "I'm black." Like, how, yeah. what, what, are you, what, are you, what are you trying to say? I was yeah. say that's tough. That, yeah. that, you must be looking <laughs> off. You must have been really ill because yeah. you're, you're white right now. I thought it was a black joke. I'm like, yeah, oh, cool. like, defensive. I'm like, I'm going to fire you, but yeah. it's okay. No, I, didn't, I didn't think that at all. But um, uh, she kind of said that to me and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. And she's like, you know, you look pale and uh, you don't look well. And, um, you know, I just thought all of a sudden the coffee was, was really strong or I hadn't slept well that mm. night. And um, as soon as she kind of left, my, my hands started to, to shake. Uh, I remember my bottom lip kind of quivering and uh, my heart started to beat really, really quickly and, um, I started to get really, really f- scattered thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that moment, I kind of didn't know what was going on, but mm. I started to hyperventilate and, um, yeah, just felt really, really off. Um, to the point where I kind of got up off my desk and I, I walked out and I was walking around Melbourne CBD, just hyperventilating. Oh, what the fuck's going on? Mm. What's going on? Um, am I allowed to swear on this? Thing? Yeah. yeah. Well, you already have, so yeah. it's too late now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You've ruined it, man. Great. Awesome. Um, Fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, that, that kind of happened and, um, you know, I remember went to the doctors and the doctors were like, oh, I'm not sure what's wrong with you, but just, just go and rest. Um, I'm like, cool, no worries. So I rested for a day and I didn't sleep. Um, mm-hmm. Went the next day and, and when, I thought, when I saw a, um, a psychologist and the psychologist was, I think he might have some sort of um, anxiety and, and, you know, recommended I go to, a, go to somewhere else who, like a psychotherapist or somewhere like that. And, and they kind of suggested I take some medication for it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so on the third day, I took medication and I felt even worse. Um, fourth day, when I saw a different, um, different person, they recommended something else. And, I, and you know, again, um, I took it and it didn't work. Mm. This went on for about a week and I was you know, slowly losing my shit. Like mm. I was like, fuck, I haven't slept. I don't know what's going on. And I was just, you know, riddled with all these different thoughts. Um, so at the end of that first week, I kind of rang up my boss and said, look, I don't know what's going on right now, but I need to take some leave. Mm-hmm. Um, I took, I took a few weeks off, um, took a few weeks off leave. And, um, at the end of those two weeks, I still wasn't feeling better and, and I was actually getting worse. So I, um, I, I messaged him, I actually caught up with him and I'm like, Hey, I don't think I can work anymore. Um, and I resigned. Wow. That's fast, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So, um. I resigned from work and um, I remember my family like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm. You know, um, my friends were like, you know, really confused. Um, yeah, and even, even I was like, I didn't know what I was, what was going on for me. Um, it was a really, really dark sort of place that I was in for, for a little while there. Um, and, you know, how this the whole journey kind of came about for me is that one day a friend of mine kind of approached me. He's like, hey, um, why don't you come and, come and do a yoga class? And I'm like, man, I've got too many problems to go and do a yoga class. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, I think it'd be good for you. You know, come and, come and do a yoga class. Um, I'm like, nah, and I can't even touch my toes. Mm. He's like, don't worry, there's lots of girls there. I'm like, done, I'm done, <laughs> done. Um, I'll come in. Like, yeah. I look like shit, but I don't care. I'll, I'll come and do it. Yeah. And um, he took me to this um, studio where this Buddhist meditation teacher taught, who's, who's my teacher to this day, Chana Dasanaika. Um, and unfortunately, there weren't any girls there. There were like all these middle-aged men falling over each other. And, <laughs> Um, and what I went in there thinking yoga was, was this, you know, beautiful experience where all these girls are wearing Lululemon <laughs> yeah, and there's right. going to be hot butts and yeah. stuff everywhere. <laughs> Watch everyone else touch it does. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and, um, and it wasn't that at all. He, um, he, he really taught a, a really meditative form of mm. yoga. Um, and he said this one thing in that class that really kind of set me on this journey and, and this changed my life. And, um, FYI was the hardest like one hour of my of my mm. life. Yoga, um, yoga's hard, man. It is really tough. Yeah. Really, if you haven't done yoga, it's really hard. Yeah. It's really hard, absolutely. Yeah. And, and just being still mm-hmm. was, yep. was a foreign concept to me. Um, and he said this one thing, which was, you know, you're not your thoughts. And the first time he said it, I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he said it again, you know, you're not your thoughts. You're not your thoughts. You know, witness your thoughts, observe your thoughts. And right at the end, um, you know, in Shavasana, when you're lying down, um, my eyes were, you know, kind of wide open. I was thinking and he said it again, you know, you're not your thoughts, just notice your thoughts. And I had a moment of just kind of seeing like all these different thoughts going through my mind, like, fuck, you got to get up. You're going to be late for your meeting. Or, mm. um, what are you going to do if you can't work? You know, your girlfriend's going to leave you. You know, your mm. mom thinks you're a reject. And, mm. and I had this moment of seeing all of those, but, but feeling a sense of detachment from them. Mm-hmm. So there was me and there were these thoughts. And I, you know, I kind of realized that if, if I was observing these thoughts that were going through my mind, I had a choice of if I wanted to believe them mm. and accept them to be me or if I would just let them go, what would mm. happen? And um, you know, that was for me a bit of a transformational moment. Mm. And um, I came back and I saw him every day for five years. Wow. And um, yeah, that was, that was the start of my, my journey. That's crazy. And I went from there to, to traveling around the world and I stayed in some temples, um, went to some amazing teachers like Sharon Salzberg and, and Jack Cornfield and, and really immersed myself in, in Buddhist meditation and Buddhist philosophy. And um, yeah, I was kind of converted from there. Yeah. That was it. So that's fascinating. So it's like, is, is that, 
Because that, what I understand briefly is like, well, I guess my question is, where where do the, um, how does Buddhism and mindfulness meditation intertwine? Like, how do you, mm. can you separate the religion from the practice or is it yeah. kind of like a the same thing? Or? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, like when I was growing up, I saw it very much as a religion. Mm. Um, but it's only really because I couldn't understand it or I didn't understand it. Mm. And, you know, you speak to most Buddhists, they'll say it's not really a religion. It's like a way of living, like mm. it's a lifestyle choice. And I, and I kind of tend to agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, you don't worship was, anything in Buddhism, do you? No, there's you no, don't. There's no See, that deity that already you, that you sounds work. really good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look, you know, if you, if you think about the Buddha, he was just a regular dude. Yeah. Mm. Um, he's a regular dude that had like... Um, regular experiences and he suffered and his suffering was was mental as well like you know he was he saw people that were dying he saw people that were old and he was like what the fuck what's you know what's Mm. going on he might not have said what the fuck but yeah um you know the 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 fucking pali but he you know just wanted to, to to find a way to to stop suffering and um, I really resonated with that because mm. I wanted a way to stop my suffering. Um, so if you think about mindfulness it's, itself, mindfulness um, was brought over to the West about 50, 60 years ago from you know, a lot of teachers like John Kabat-Zinn, Sharon Salzberg, Jack Kornfield, Joseph Goldstein. And they really studied um, the Buddhist tradition and they brought the, the practice of meditation, the philosophy um, or some of the philosophies of, of, of Buddhism to the West and they researched it. And what the research showed was that, um, you know, you can directly impact your level of focus, your level of empathy and mm. compassion. Um, you can increase your well-being by using these techniques, you know, meditation techniques and these certain ways of viewing life and, and dealing with your own suffering. Yep. Um, and that really validated a lot of the, the Eastern traditions and you know, these days, every every corner I go to, I see something around mindful mm. mindfulness. You know, mindful beer drinking, mm-hmm. mindful marketing, mindful um, you know relationships. Yes. And it's just a it's turning into a, a bit of a buzzword. But essentially, what mindfulness is is our capacity to to be present with our experience, yep. with a certain attitude, and and that attitude is important. That attitude has to be with kindness and compassion. Yeah, that's fascinating, isn't it? I think um, what you said there, Minaj, is one of the things that I think is really important with this mindful movement um, that you spoke of and that you're a very big part of yourself is the scientific backing of these, mm. you know, these techniques. Because for me, I grew up with a mum that was a yoga teacher, very spiritual. She's a Reiki practitioner, so on and so forth. And I'm like science. Yep. Mum would be, mum would be, I'd be sick. She would give me all these herbs and look at yeah. What about send me to naturopaths? And I'd say, take me to the doctor. Where's the Valium? Yeah, exactly. That's just that was my <laughs> default way of thinking yeah. in my brain, right? But my mum was always very spiritual, and I always thought that meditation was just airy fairy. Um, and I always thought sitting there, hands on your um, knees, yeah. oming, trying to look down upon yourself in an out-of-body experience. Yeah. Whereas if I'd have known like, hey, here's the figures, here's the studies, yeah. this shit actually works. Mm. Because for people like, um, the, the, the people that we're trying to convert, they're probably, or not that we're trying to, you know, but the people that probably want to be converted without knowing that, they're probably not the people that are um, defaulting to being spiritual. Mm. And, and, but there's no, there's still a stigma that's attached to meditation well, and people, mindfulness because but you said it yourself like people just don't understand yeah. like you didn't understand what Buddhism was as a kid mm. you thought it was a religion and to be honest with you literally in the past five minutes you've already swayed my understanding of it like mm. I thought it was like there was, I didn't even realise that people didn't worship anything in, in mm. Buddhism and it's yeah. just like that that way of life uh, 
becomes a religion yeah. almost because you just yeah. become so focused on it. And I think, I think um, just to that point, like um, one, of the, one of Buddha's last teachings was, um, you know, believe nothing no matter who has said it, even if I do. Yes. And what that essentially translates to is that here's a way out of suffering. Yeah. You know, this is, he talks about the Four Noble Truth, like, you know, there is suffering in this world and everyone agrees, like, yes, we all suffer, even if that's, you know, not anxiety, depression. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we suffer from illness, death. We also suffer from not getting a job, suffer that. Here's a way out of that suffering. Um, and then this is how you do it. So, you know, essentially what he's saying is that try it off yourself. Mm. If you don't like it, then, then don't do it. Yeah. Um, but to your point, Bill, the science is, is really important these mm. days, you know. I, I've been teaching now for, for over 10 years. And, you know, when I first started teaching, it wasn't from a scientific perspective. It was from, you know, coming out of the temples and the monasteries and what my teacher had taught me. Mm-hmm. And people would be like, oh, yeah, it sounds great. It sounds lovely. But like, fuck, I've got like bills to pay. I've, yeah. Got, yeah. I've got a relationship to look after. I've got a business to run. Yeah. Like, you know, what's the ROI on this? Yes. Right. Stuff like that. Um, so we've, we've, we've gotten more educated over the last 10 years. And, and you know, people starting to realize that um, – the benefit in, in cultivating a stronger mind because, you know, we know if we want to get stronger physically, we'll go to the gym, we'll do CrossFit, we'll do, you know, we'll, we'll run every day, we'll mm-hmm. eat healthy. But very rarely do we look after our mind mm. um, and we just accept that, okay, we just, we've just got this mind. We're yep. just going to live with this mind. But fuck no, you can actually train your mind. You know, mm. you, can, you can cultivate, you know, um, a sense of focus. You can cultivate more courage, more fearlessness um, through certain techniques yeah. and through certain practices. And how much of um, how much of what you've built up in a space? And I haven't actually been in the studio, but I've um, obviously dealt with you here, mm-hmm. um, and then I've seen it online and so, so forth. How much of it, of it is trying to make it? Um, you said yourself that you've got a marketing background. I can see that in mm-hmm. what you do because it's the the marketing is really well put together. Mm-hmm. The, the branding is really good, but trying to package it so it's a cool thing to do rather mm-hmm. than because because of yeah. this huge stigma because there is a there's stigma, still. Yeah. I remember you, I mentioned this to Tommy. I was absolutely shocked when you had the first session here and we, we were downstairs and there was yeah. probably about 20 people in the room and you said, everybody, um, put your hand up if you have a mindful practice. And I thought with a place like this, very forward thinking, you know, everyone's entrepreneurial, young, switched on. I thought that everyone would stick their hand up and maybe the other 80 people that weren't in the room might, might all meditate or might have mindfulness practices of some sort. Mm. But I was the only person that stuck my hand up, which I was shocked with. But I think it's because it's still, yeah, it's still... Like you said, you're the only studio in Melbourne or doing something like this. It's still yet to be packaged in a way that people want to get behind and they're not mm. ashamed to be like, yeah, I might meditate every day. Yeah. Because I'll give you an example. I walked out of there and I won't tell you who it was and it doesn't matter anyway, but mm. one, one of the guys in the, in the, um, that was in the class looked at me. We crossed paths. We didn't know each other. Crossed paths in the kitchen and he looked at me and he said, hey, mate. No, he said, um, he said uh, gonna, gonna be meditating, mate. Like as kind of like a default bro to bro. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. How was Whoa. that? Yeah, yeah. yeah and I was like, and chicks. I looked at it. Yeah, and I looked at him. I'm like, man, I've meditated every day for eighteen months. And yeah. He's like, oh, really? And then we end up getting in a really good conversation with it about it. And then about he's, how, how he's depressed and how he's, yeah, yeah. yeah. But but that was the default mode for him. Was yeah. like, how was that shit? You know, yeah. as a blokey guy, to like a, yeah. I look like a blokey kind of average yeah. dude. You know. Yeah, yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, you know, look. I actually don't do any of the marketing for A-Space. My, my yep. business partner does that, thank yep. God. Um, but for, for us, the, the biggest thing was to, to share something for me that has helped me get out of suffering, um, that has helped my life so much, just share with more people. Mm. And um, 
for us, it was around the fact that we wanted to show that real people meditate. Yeah. Mm. And you don't have to go to the Himalayas or to Sri Lanka, yep. spend months in a Vipassana retreat to be able to meditate. Mm-hmm. You don't have to look like a, a Buddha. You don't have to, you know, be timid. You can be a bloke, you mm. know, and, and, yeah. and, you can, and you can meditate. Yeah. And a lot of our clients are, you know, people like the Melbourne Victory, you know, the cricket teams, the football mm-hmm. teams. Um, we get a lot of tradies that come in and, mm-hmm. and do it. And, and you know, it's, 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 it has to lose this woo-woo mentality yeah. to it. Yeah, it definitely um, does. And I think, I think people are getting there with, with all the, the science and the research. But, but you're right, man. I think uh, the, the biggest thing is, is trying to make it look accessible. Yeah. And, um, you know, we just try to represent in everything that we do um, who we are. Yeah. So you know, I go to I go to to teach classes. You know, I'm wearing my leather jacket. I've got my rings, and yeah. Sometimes I'm wearing a baseball skinny, hat, skinny jeans, and a pair of Nike. Yeah. Like, an, you, you I, don't, I don't wear skinny jeans. There's a dick joke there waiting. There's a dick joke. Something cock, something cock, something cock. Come at me. Yeah. So when you say um. Just to put it in perspective, because hopefully there's a lot of people um, listening that don't meditate. And, you know, when you say stuff like suffering, so to put it into perspective, suffering, that sounds like very broad. Sounds intense, right? Yeah, Yeah, it's a very broad term. But we're talking about, you know, somebody that's, that's, stressed at work somebody that's in a, in, a, in a relationship that you know they're always thinking that their partner might leave them it might be that they're, they are going down a de- depressive track it might be a number of things that are you know something that's internal mm. that, and meditation talk to us about like how the actual act of meditation so when you sit down and you know go through whatever we go through how does it actually how does it actually benefit and help you get out of that suffering that you speak of mm, yeah yeah really good question so suffering, um, it sounds intense, but it's not, not necessarily when I speak about it. It's not the kind of suffering where like I whack you yeah. with my dick. And all yeah. of a sudden, yeah. I was actually hoping you went with the dick. That's definitely not suffering, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Maybe You're not, not to suffering Bill, every right? day, if that's the case. Yeah. Um, that's subjective. Yeah, self-suffering. Uh, let, let me use a different analogy. The Buddha, would, the Buddha wouldn't be too impressed with yeah. 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 So um, it's not the kind of suffering where if I threw this glass um, at your face, then you'd feel that the, the painful suffering, right? Mm-hmm. There is there is pain that we that we suffer that is inevitable. Yeah, and we can't avoid that. Death, we can't avoid getting sick, getting old. We can't avoid that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there is the suffering that's optional. Yeah, the kind of suffering from uh, a relationship that that ends, uh, suffering from anxiety, suffering from a depression, the suffering from our thoughts. Because if you think about it, if I was to tell you right now, like you would have to wear um, the same pair of clothes for the, the rest of your life. A little part of you is like, fuck that. Yeah. Mm. Like already you're starting to get a bit you know, stressed out. Like, I don't know, who, who are you to tell me this? Mm. Of course I can do it. Uh, and that's what we refer to as a suffering. And you can call it um, unsatisfactoriness, yep. um, but that's you know, suffering. And we, we experience suffering in, in, to different levels in yep. each of us, right? Um, how meditation helps that is that first we, there is a pathway out of that. And that's the, the, the Buddhist um, philosophy on, on suffering. Um, we can approach suffering from many different angles, meditation being one of them. Um, and the, the scientific kind of look at how meditation eases things like um, you know, anxiety, depression, and things like that, is that first we get really, really present. Um, we get present with the moment. So our minds don't have an opportunity to fester and, mm. and, and get overactive. So if you think about our minds like a little uh, a monkey jumping from branch to branch to branch to branch to branch, it's like our minds, right? Like one moment we're here, you're paying attention to, to what we're saying, what we're doing, and then moments like, ah, oh, that reminds me, I've got to send this email to, mm. to, to Bill tomorrow. 
And then it's like, oh, but what am I going to eat tonight? Ah, oh, tonight's like my cheat meal night. So I'm going to go and get fried chicken. I'm gonna, <laughs> and then your, your mind goes down the rabbit hole of thoughts, right? Um, so same with, with me, like when I had really bad anxiety, that, that was my mind. Mm. It was going from thought to thought to thought. And a lot of those thoughts were negative thoughts. Like, oh, fuck, okay, my girlfriend's going to leave me. Yep. Uh, and if I don't have her, my life's going to be shit. And if my life is shit, like who's going to want to be with me? I'm like, a, I'm like a piece of shit, like blah, mm. blah. Um, so when we become first really present with the moment, we acknowledge that our mind is wandering. We're like, oh, okay, cool. I noticed this. We can't change what we can't see. So once we see that our minds wander, then we can start to, to make steps towards changing that. Mm-hmm. We bring our attention onto this present moment and we anchor it. And that anchoring could be on the breath. That anchoring could be on a mantra, like a word that you repeat mm-hmm. over and over again. It could be on something visual or it could be on a sensation, you know, mm-hmm. the, the sensation of your foot. Yeah. Then you're going to notice straight away your mind's going to wander. Like, okay, what am I going to eat today? What am I going to wear today? Mm. What if my girlfriend breaks up? And as soon as you know that, you bring your attention back. And that's all meditation is. Yeah, yeah. all meditation is. And if you think about the analogy of a bicep curl, you know, like you guys, big boys, like you train. Thanks, bro. Yeah, yeah. We, we, you know. No worries. <laughs> the, the lighting helps a little bit. But pretty big. You can wear skinny jeans, unfortunately. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 So when you, if you think about the, the bicep curl, you know, you, you, you lift up, you lift up. And the more you do it, the stronger that gets, right? So your mind, when it wanders away from the sensation of your foot, let's say, and you bring it back, you're strengthening the prefrontal cortex of your brain. Mm. And the prefrontal cortex of your brain is there's a part of your brain that regulates your emotional intelligence, um, allows you to be more empathetic, allows you to make better decisions, and is the center for executive function. Executive function, you know, being able to make split decisions, mm-hmm. um, being able to be clear and, and focus and, and, and those sort of things. Um, and that's all the practice is. Yeah, it's failing to, pre- to be present, and returning, mm. failing to be present and returning. And over time, that, that strengthens the, the bicep curl in your brain. So that cortex strengthens and you'll realize when you're walking down the street, ah, oh, all of a sudden I'm not as in my thoughts today. I can mm. see the colors in the trees a little bit more vibrantly. Yeah. Having a conversation with a friend, your mind doesn't wander as much. Mm. Um, and when it does, you're compassionate to it because you know it does. Mm. And you're not going to beat yourself going, ah, fuck, like I'm shit at this. Like, yes. I can't meditate. Because that, that's the number one thing I get. You know, when people come to me, it's like, oh, I've got an overactive mind. I go, yeah, yeah. fuck, you're human. Exactly. Yeah. Congratulations. You know, like, yeah. do you want to be more focused? Because um, if you don't, then that's cool. But I hazard a guess that everyone wants to be clearer, more focused, mm. more compassionate. Um, and then you just practice, you know, practice daily and it just becomes easier and easier. I've got um, two questions that I really want to answer, um, mm. want you to answer for me. But the, the first one is um, for you personally in, in, uh, in being in, in this sort of, um, in the industry and doing it yourself for so long now, do you, do you personally notice how much more aware and present you are? Like, can you, could you see yourself five years ago to where you are now where you can literally spend a whole day in a state of presence? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I mean, there are, there are times when I go, probably twice a year, I go and spend 10 days in silence, like I do a, a Vipassana retreat, and everything becomes illuminated there. Right? Everything becomes, um, becomes really, really vibrant from the colors to the thoughts to even walking. You're like, oh my God, how nice it is to walk. But you know, in my everyday life, um, I'm way more present. Mm. Um, and there are days where I'm not. Mm. And um, it was funny, yesterday, like... <laughs> it's such a shit example, but um, near near where I work, there's um, there's a storage company, 
And in between, you know, where the Commons is in, in, on Gibbs Street and, and where my studio is, there's mm-hmm. like a little thing. And I had to, to cross to, to get over to the other side and there was a, a forklift driver that was in the, in doing his thing. I hope you're not listening, by the way. <laughs> and um, this, forklift, with a beard. Yeah. <laughs> this forklift driver's like, hey, what are you doing? You can't walk this way. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm, my car's right there. Like, yeah. and my studio's right. He goes, no, nah, no, nah, fuck off. And I, and I got really angry. I'm yeah. like, I'm, like, I'm going to rip your freaking head off. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, you didn't tell me this. And, and I got really angry and I, and I had to walk around. Like, it was like a five-minute journey around. And I, and I first thing I said to myself was, whoa, I just wanted to rip someone's head off. And I'm a meditation teacher. Yes. Um, and the second thing I noticed was where I felt that anger. And I felt the anger around my chest. And I felt like my chest started to close up. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. Mm. And I was walking to my car. And I was noticing where I felt that anger. And when I started to focus on where I felt it, by the time I got to my car, I didn't have that sense of anger mm, anymore. Yes. Um, but back in my day, like if I got angry, I would have yelled at him. I yeah. would have thrown something at him. Um, and that same example I use with food. Like if I get emotional, my go-to is food. Like yeah. I'll go and grab a chocolate bar. I won't even know how it tastes. It'll just be down my throat. Mm. Um, but now I can. Here's a cocktail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Boom dish. Just get emotional. No, so it's 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 like it's a it's a practice that allows you to to be more aware in life. And mm. you know, the, the single biggest thing it's given me is meditation. Doesn't you don't do it to to get good at meditating. You yeah. know, no one meditates to get good at meditating. We meditate to get good at life. So we're more present with the people we care about. Mm-hmm. We're, we're more focused at work. Uh, we're more empathetic, mm. you know, and, and, and that way we enjoy life. Mm. And it doesn't become this daily grind, this daily struggle. Because for a lot of us, it's like that now, you know, mm. especially entrepreneurs. Like, you know, it's a struggle. Like we just want to get through it. We hustle, 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 hustle. And then we get to the end of the week. We're like, fuck, let's go get a beer. <sighs> yeah. Um, so, you know, meditation and mindfulness just allows you to enjoy each moment. Mm. Um, and that's what it's given me. Mm. My second question was, because this is, I found meditation, as you know, when we, when we hung out mm. um, from a period of need as well, um, quite similar to yourself. But uh, when I, it took me about 10 months before I started to notice it. And then um, I always make it that the first time I ever sort of noticed meditation helping was when I, dropped all my food from shopping and it rolled down the hill and I started laughing first and I always would have gotten really stressed and pissed off at that but I was like oh I just noticed it and then um it was just a lot better but my my question is is religious based right Mm. so when I started to meditate and I started to feel how amazingly beneficial it was for me I think it just at the right time where the universe was just giving me this opportunity but I read Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now yeah and um he makes so many references to, uh, to Jesus and his teachings and talking about, you know, he, well, he says, you know, Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is all around you if you just follow me. Yeah. And uh, Eckhart believes, as I probably am very swayed to believe now as well, that Jesus was talking about just having that inner peace within yourself. And if you are truly present, then life is just so much more vibrant and beautiful. And you said yeah. flowers, like you said, and the kingdom of heaven is really all around you. Yeah. How many of these sort of like religious leaders do you feel were, were just teaching mindfulness? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not too well versed in, in many other religions, mm. um, but at its essence, I've, I've studied a little bit of, of the Juda, Juda, um, Judaism and I've studied a little bit of Christianity and um, they both have contemplative practices within mm. that, you know, contemplative practice being meditation. Um, you know, in New York, where I spent a bit of my time, like they've, the, the, um, the Jewish meditation practice is, is really popular. Mm. Um, so to your point, the, I, I completely agree. Like mm. 
you know, what I've learned is that everything is actually beautiful. Mm. Even the, the, the times that we go through where we're like, fuck, like, how am I going to get through this? We tend to look back on them over years and we're like, man, that was so amazing. Yes. Like, that helped me get to where I am. And I look back at my, at my anxiety attack at work. I'm like, I might never be, have done this sort of work if, yeah. I, if I'd never done that. No serenade. <laughs> no serenade, right? Um, so I completely agree. I think everything... When we get to a certain stage, we realize how fleeting every moment is. Yes. Um, and that's like at the heart of, of Buddhist practice as well, is that we realize that this is all impermanent. Um, our suffering is impermanent. Our bodies are impermanent. Our lives are impermanent. Mm. And if we look at that as in us having a finite time to, to experience what we call life, mm. why the hell are we going to get caught up in parking fines? You yeah. know, why, why does it actually matter if the toilet seat is up? Um, you know, we get caught up in the little um, anxieties of our life and mm. realize, man, like you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, and that doesn't mean all of a sudden you just, you know, sell everything and, and you just, you know, cruise down Swanson Street naked going, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just means that um, you can you put, you put things into perspective um, that this moment here we might never have again yeah, in this true. exact context. Mm-hmm. So. Like, let's have fun. Like, let's yeah. enjoy it. You know, let's talk about dicks. Like, yes. Let's do it. Let's, <laughs> let's do touch it. dicks even. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I've gone too far. I've gone too far. I'm too, too far, far at the moment now. Oh. Bill's half far right now. <laughs> uh, half much. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, that's um, fascinating. I, I like the um, what you were talking about before about being able to disassociate um, the difference between the physical sensation of whether it's ang- uh, anger, anxiousness, um, stress, mm. you can feel it in your body. Heartbreak oh, absolutely. even. Absolutely. Yeah. Heartbreak even. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I went through a, uh, ended, ended, ended a relationship um, last year and one of, the, one of the two times in my life where my chest has hurt, you know, mm. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. My chest actually hurts. You know, you actually, when you first go through that, you're like, oh, that's why they call it that. Heartbreak, it, yeah, yeah, it's, mm. it's crazy. No but to be able to, to be able to step back because in regular day-to-day life, you, you don't have that opportunity. I really don't mm. think you do. Whereas, like, we had a little tiff on the phone before the start mm. of the show about Tommy thought we were recording from my place. Um, we were, I thought we were recording from here. Was he going to be late? We had a guest coming before you. We recorded with another guest. Mm. And we were both a little narky to each other on the phone. Mm. And then we got off the phone. And I'm sure you would agree, Tommy, that it was like... Straight away. I was like, where did that come from? <laughs> yeah. And then, and then so you get that initial anger, which is human nature. And then you're mm. like, okay, I'm angry, but I don't need to be angry. It's all yes. going to be good. And it's just a, it's that um, feeling that you have inside of your body, but you can actually see that. And then you can say, look, this is going to pass. It's all good. Yeah. Move mm. on. Fucking, there's no reason to be... You know. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And I think um, the, the next Fuck layer... you, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the, the, next, the next layer of that is, is to catch it before it actually gets to that. Yes. You know, for a lot of us, um, we react, we don't respond. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what meditation and, and mindfulness, um, which is a, there is a difference, by the way. Um, mindfulness being, you know, your capacity to be present and aware with mm. compassion. And you can do that not just in meditation. Mm. You know, you can do that just in, in day-to-day life. Um, I think catching it is the, the really important part yep, to, to notice that, oh, I'm just freaking yelling at him for no, like, where did it come from? Because mm-hmm. um, for a lot of us, we, we have that impulse straight away, but we choose to act on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Someone, you're driving down your freeway, yes. someone pulls in front of you, you're like, fuck you, yeah. straight away. And then you might tailgate them, like, yeah. you know? And that's a, for a lot of us, it's an unconscious habit. Yes. Um, so mindfulness gives us a moment to, to kind of be like, whoa, I feel anger right now. Yeah. And do I want to really like follow this truckie down the road with my yeah. kids in the backseat and, yeah. and yell at him? Or 
do I want to just take a breath and let that shit go and yeah. just, you know, be a good example? And, yeah. and that's, what, that's what it gives you. It gives you a space to really choose your response. It's, um, it's, uh, that is such an important point, what you made. is like we're very reactive. Like even just looking back on it now, as soon as we drop the phone, because me, Bill and I have a sensational working relationship and we, we're probably at most tiff every now and then. But uh, It's never I, yelling or anything. It's never but, yelling. But it's like, you know, just a shit feeling when you get off the phone. Yeah, it's like just that, a shit know. feeling. And I was like, oh, fuck, like, you just pissed me off a little bit, you know. <laughs> and like, honestly, if we didn't have that, you know, it'd be phenomenal. Mm. But <laughs> it, it really has like coincided, I feel like, with you and I talking more about mindfulness meditation, you and mm. I having it such a big part of our lives now, like how much better we've been at it. Mm. But um. I had a case with dad on the phone yesterday and it was exactly the same as Bill, like with us this morning. Like I had a massive goal at him and all this sort of thing. And then um, as soon as I got off the phone, I was just, I just noticed it, this, this, this feeling of like anger in me. And I, I always have, I can't remember who said it, but um, someone said, you know, when you say your fist is clenched, do you say you're clenched or you say your fist is clenched? And you're like, you look and you go, oh no, it's my fist is clenched. You know, I wouldn't say mm. I'm clenched. So then why do you do that with an emotion? And so when I noticed mm. this anger, I was like, oh shit, I'm, I'm feeling this anger right now and I felt just extreme guilt straight away because I just had a very impulsive reactive go at dad Mm. and it just wasn't necessary he was probably having a a fine day you know until this comes along this negativity comes along I had to call him up and say I actually messaged him and um, I said um, hey can I call you and he said no um, you know I'm just with a client right now and I said hey look I, I have to speak to you directly let me know when you have to call and I just apologised because I just felt so mm. guilty you know I was like mm. this is not me who I want to be someone who's trying to teach something about mental health <laughs> mm. or just just speak about it more and then I'm yeah. doing something like that you know yeah. I think the really the really powerful part of, of what you both just shared right now is um, is the very human quality mm. you know um, you know as much as even I, I try to be, you know, this really um, spiritual and, and, and mindful human being. Like, I have very human emotions. And um, in the Buddha always talked about just the human quality in each of us. So the judgment, if you both added a layer of judgment after that, um, that makes it even worse. Mm, you yes. know, like um, there is that instant like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And then it's like, okay, cool, but I'm human. Let's move on. Yes. Yeah. Um, what a lot of us tend to do is we're like, oh, fuck, I'm such a bad person. Yeah. You know, that, that we... We stew in that that guilt, and, and that's that's worse as well. Mm-hmm. So it's the recognition that our minds have, have created an element of unsatisfaction for the moment, mm. and just being able to let it go. Yes, yeah, and, and yes. just moving on and, and learning, and and kind of committing to be more present and aware as we go on the rest of our day. And so, do you feel like when you the more you meditate and the more mindful you become, you you begin to be more proactive and less reactive in in those sort of settings? Yeah, I think. Um, 100%, like, you, you know, you, you become more responsive as opposed to, to proactive. You become mm. more responsive as opposed sure. to reactive. Yes. Um, and it comes back to that space you're creating. You know, you, you realize the more you do it, like for anyone that hasn't meditated, you, you'll know when you first start, it's friggin' hard, yeah. mm. right? Um, but it's only day. because we sit there and we put an expectation to it. If we just went in there going, oh, I'm just going to see what happens here every single day, then yep. it wouldn't be hard. Yeah. Um, so you mm. have to be compassionate when you, med- when you meditate. If you are really like stuck, I'm going, fuck, like, you know, mm. my mind's not wandering. My mind's, you know, wandering too much. Then you're not meditating. Mm. Um, so when you are compassionate with yourself in practice, it naturally turns out to you, you naturally become more compassionate yes. in, in everyday life. So, you know, you, you, you know, some days I just binge out on, on fried food. Yeah. And I used to be really guilty. Like I used to take that. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm just going to binge out for the next four days now because sure. I've already given up my diet. 
But then I'm like, okay, no, like it's okay. I'm human. Like I'm going to do it, mm. uh, but I'm just going to make wiser decisions next time. Yes. Um, and one of my favorite teachers, Joseph Goldstein, has this quote that I, you know, I really, really resonate with. He said, um, you know, if you want to understand your mind, sit down and observe it. Oh, beautiful. And um, when you observe your mind, you can start to to realize what makes you happy and what makes you unhappy. Mm. And then from there, you'll make wiser decisions. Hmm? And when you make wiser decisions, you realize um, what makes you happy and what makes you unhappy. And this circle starts to, to form. You, know, mm. you start to get happier from the decisions you make. Um, but that takes time. Mm. You know, it takes time and it takes dedicated practice. One of the biggest things, um, one of the biggest things for me is that, uh, that allowed me to be the watcher of my mind was just that I'd never heard that term before in my life did you hear mm. that on Sam Harris as well uh, I might have been Sam Harris's um, meditation podcast mm-hmm. no the book that's the same oh. the same it's the same name waking up, waking up the yeah. book. Um, book it may have been it may mm. have been on in that book I listened to it yeah um, but it was the first time that I'd ever really thought about the fact that okay so People associate themselves with their thoughts. That's me because I'm thinking them. Yeah. Mm. But how are we able to sit back and go, huh, that's a funny thought. Yeah. Why am I thinking that? Yeah. So you have to actually realize, and this is what, for me, I'd never even contemplated this. Yes. Realize that there is somebody watching the thought. Yes. And that somebody that's watching the thought is probably more closer to you than, than the crazy thoughts that are floating yeah. through, through yeah. your mind. And when I was able to think in that um, context, yep. then that's where everything for me changed yeah. I mean there's there's actual you know there's actually trying to clear your mind through breathing and sitting down and actually meditating mm, yeah. but learning the art of actually being the watcher of your thoughts Definitely. for me it was like a, it was a game changer Definitely, yeah. you're like alright there's that anger and the other the analogy is like the clouds one you know the yeah. clouds mm, in the sky the sky is always blue yeah, you know? and yeah. the clouds are always fluent yeah. yeah, that was the real for me I was like fucking hell how yeah. have I not ever thought like that Yeah, because yeah. it changes the whole game mm. and, and and that's that's what meditation is man mm. like that's essentially it we just notice everything coming and going like the breath comes and goes no two breaths are the same mm. Um, anger comes and goes like anxiety comes and goes stress comes and goes even good times come and go and then when we can be at ease with that, when we can accept that, life just flows. Mm-hmm. You know? And we all talk about flow as being so important to, to our life. You know, when you're surfing or when you're skateboarding or when you're at, in that rhythm at work, like that level of flow. And that comes when we just accept the moment for, for what it is mm-hmm. as, as a fleeting moment. And, um, and we just observe it. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and you're right, man. So for me as well, it was a, it was a game changer. Mm. What about the actual term spirituality? Like when you Mm. say you're a spiritual person, Mm. what do you mean and how does that differ from your meditation practice? Yeah, I mean, it's a really, that's again, a really great question. Mm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You are killing it. Um, You know, spirituality means lots of different things to lots of different people. Like, you know, I've spoken to people that have never heard of any sort of religion, have no interest in it, but their kids are something they're deeply connected to in in a way that is beyond them. Um, And I think of of my spirituality as as being that as well, you know, like although the majority of my training and my teaching has has been in in the Buddhist tradition, like I I don't think that there's just one religion in this world or Mm. one spirit, like whatever it is. Like I don't think I'm religious. I I don't, you know, even though Buddhism is defined as a religion, I think it's it's a level of spirit, a level of understanding of of who we are at, at a deeper level. And, you know, I've always had a yearning to find it, find that out. Um, it started off when, you know, I was just like, what am I on this earth to do? Mm. I had that question for a long time. Like, what am I meant to do? And, and I yearned to find out. 
And um, even that is a level of spirituality, you know, just the, the wanting to not just think that this body, this, this you know, fuck, this bag of bones and muscles is, is who I am. Mm. Like, I, I think I, I want to know something deeper than that. And um, for me, that, that, that's what it is, a deeper, a wanting to understand a deeper level of who you think you really are. Mm. Absolutely. Minaj, um, I just had a, a one question. So obviously um, the, there's meditation, the art of just trying to be mindful day to day in, mm. in your thoughts and so forth. Um, there's lots of other ways, little hacks and, and stuff that people can do to be happier day to day. Myself and Tommy have stuff that we do every day. Um, but I want to ask you, like, mm. what are other things that you do mm. to try and um, bring a more a greater level of happiness to yourself day to day? Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, one of the beautiful things about Western science is that it overlays so well with meditation and mindfulness. Um, if you think about being present, you can think about being present as a habit, yeah? So when I wake up in the morning, or when you guys wake up in the morning, you have a habit that you do, like it's your morning routine. Yep. Um, for mine, for a long period of time, was waking up in the morning, going to the bathroom, having a shower, brushing my teeth, eating breakfast, going to work. Yep. Yep. Um, so what I, what I do, you know, like, um, I, I don't think... Being mindful is a hack. I think being mindful is a way of life. Yeah. But I, I think there are definitely ways you could be, you could create pockets of stillness mm-hmm. um, and, and you can change your habits. So one of the ways that I, like my routine these days is that I wake up in the morning, I go to the bathroom, I drink a big jug of water mm-hmm. um, and I sit down and meditate every single day, no matter how I'm feeling, you know, 10 minutes some days, usually 25 to 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I go and I grab a journal and I write down what I'm going to do for the rest of my day. Then I, I turn off all of my, I don't turn my phone on till I walk out the door, which is usually around 8 a.m. Because mm-hmm. um, I used to be one of those people in bed checking my emails yep. and Facebook and Instagram. Yes. Um, and then I, I turn off all of my notifications. So all of my Instagram, Facebook, emails, I turn them off. And if I want to check them, I have to go into them. Yeah. So that for me is great for if I'm writing something, if I'm writing an article, it just means that I'm not going to be interrupted by constant phone going yeah. off. Yeah. Um, you know, and then when me and my business partner have meetings, we take five deep breaths. Um, we center ourselves and we check in, like, how are you feeling? Before any meeting, how are you feeling? It's like, yeah, I'm feeling good or I'm feeling stressed. And, you know, if it's like, ah, oh, let's talk about it. Like, what's the stress? And if the stress is so big that it's going to interrupt our meeting, then we'll say, okay, let's meet later on today. Um, those are awesome. Those are... Those are a couple of uh, little things. Like, you know, I try to do one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. I do focused work. So meaning, you know, we all have hundreds of freaking things on our checklist item for the day, right? Um, sometimes for me, it's, it's really hard to juggle them because I'm excited by all of them. Mm. So I'll say to myself, okay, I've got to write this article. I'm going to block out one hour. I'm going to go somewhere I love that I'm inspired by. Like that could be the gallery, could be an awesome cafe, could be the garden. I'm going to do one hour of focus work. And it could take four hours, this whole thing, but I'm going to do one hour of focus work. Then I'm going to go for a walk. Then I'm going to come back, do another half an hour of it. After that half an hour, I'm going to go drink two glasses of water, mm. maybe do a five-minute meditation, and then smash out two hours. Mm-hmm. So I tried to get really intentional with what I do and then do one thing well. Because, mm. you know, the research shows that multitasking is just bullshit. Yeah, yeah. there's a um, – yeah. uh, with, with my old business coach, there was a um, – it was a gala evening that they put on for all their clients um, last mm. year, and they had a speaker, and he talked about um, – the go zone, the slow zone, and the no zone. This is, mm. this is like his mantra. Mm. Kind, of, kind of sounds lame, but it's very similar to what you said. And the O zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, the O zone yes. layer, yeah. <laughs> um, good point. It's yeah, very, yeah. very, very, um, it's very yeah. important. Glad you brought that up. Yeah, yeah. Um, 21st century. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But it was very similar, and I started doing it, and, and it works great. Whereas the go zones, where you have to have that period of time in your day where you're like, right, I'm gonna only focus on this. Phone goes away, blah blah blah. blah. Slow zones where you're like, oh yeah, cool, I got some music playing. There's some people in the office, I can chat and stuff. But I'm still getting work done. And then there's the no zone where it was like, right, I'm not thinking about work at all for these two hours. I'm gonna go read in the park and then walk mm. my dog. I'm gonna, mm. um, and obviously at home you try and have that no that no zone, you know, so yes. nothing about work and stuff as well. Mm. But it was very similar theory to what you had, where you know, because we are all day every day trying to get a million things done at once Mm. and I think not many of us actually go "All right, let's sit down and spend X amount of time doing this task and this task alone Mm. and it's so productive I feel when you actually do man like if you think about like the research shows us that 47% of our day our minds are somewhere else Mm. and like broaden that to 47% of our life like almost half of our life when we're focused on what we're doing and that might sound minuscule when you think about work but it's also like, you know, with our family, our mm. friends and our partners, like yeah. we're not there. Mm. And I'm like, fuck that. Like, yes. I, I want to be, I want to be present. Like, yeah. I want to be present to the things, like to my mates. I want to enjoy when I'm traveling, mm. really take it in. And, you know, like I, I always tend to um, open my workshops and programs by, by talking about the, um, the honeymoon period of a relationship. You know, when you, when you meet someone for the first time, you're so freaking curious about yeah. it. Like, what's your favorite color? Like, yeah. can, can we hang out Purple, again? yes, we can. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, like all that sort of stuff. And you're like, you're really interested in them and you're really present when you're with them. But over time, you see them more often and then, you, you know, you start to check your phone mm. or you start to um, think about other things and, and it just becomes this um, routine that, you know, you're not as present as, as, as you were and that's all the honeymoon period really is, is that an intense period of mindfulness, mm. you know, and, um, and we can cultivate that throughout the mm. course of our day. Absolutely. Even if it's just going for a walk and, and noticing the clouds or the tree or someone's face, mm-hmm. someone's dick. Like, what's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's, he's, he's caught he's on the, well, uh, the way, yeah. hasn't he? I came prepared. Let me tell you, mate, I'm uh, very present right we, now. We had, a show, <laughs> we had a show with Andrew Locke before earlier and uh, me and Tommy finished the show and I said to Tommy after the show, I said, I don't think we got one dick joke yeah. in that show, but we've made up we've for it. We've about 17 today. FYI, I'm not advocating staring at anyone's dick. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, unless it get, brings about, you know, mindfulness. Then, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, that's right. fine. Right? Um, I mean, being present when you're having sex is, is, is really important. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. I think it's really. very... I'm not joking when I say this. I think it's one of the best ways to be present. Oh, 100%. It's because like, it's, yep. like you say, when you mentioned before, focusing on one thing, like... If you're walking down the, on the beach and you're focusing on the sand going through your toes and yeah. only that, that's, mm. you know, being mindful, being present. Mm. Sure. Sex is the number one. Oh, exactly. Really? Yeah. Like, if you're not brings... involved, if you're not, if you're thinking about work when you're, you know, in... When, when you're having a sex. When you're getting a blowjob, then, you, yeah. you know, you, you need to change your job. <laughs> yeah, or, you, or you, need, you need to change the blowjob. That's what you're thinking about. This is deteriorating very quickly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, <laughs> Minaj, we do have to get you out of here. Um, I think we're definitely going to have to do a round two because yeah, there's so many sure. things that yeah. both me and Tommy, I know, we, we want to touch on uh, more. Absolutely. But we've got all that's the time. That's not a segue. In, in <laughs> the time, all Stay the time. tuned yeah. for mindfulness and sex. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but before we do, we have to get you out with uh, six from six. Three questions from me, three questions from Tommy. Awesome. All right, so... Is this one-word one answers? Uh, no, 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 they're not, they're not one word, but... Okay, cool. Um, it's semi-rapid fire, we yeah. can, but anyway, we'll, we'll be fine. So okay, we've got... Cool. Uh, my first question is a travel-related mm. question. It's mm. um, favourite travel destination on the planet and why? Oh, um, it used to be Sri Lanka for a very long time because I grew up there and mm-hmm. um, it's just beautiful. The people are really gentle and kind and the food's amazing, the beaches are wicked. 
Um, but these days, I've got to say New York. Like nice. my, I just, every time I go to New York, I, I come alive because I think I am really present when I go there. Mm-hmm. So many things happening and, and yeah, it's really fun. Mm. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Cool. Uh, my second question is dream travel destination. Some of you haven't been absolutely number one top your bucket list. Oh. Um, it would be Nepal, actually. Mm. Nepal, yeah. I'd love to, to, to visit the Himalayas and there's amazing meditation teachers in Nepal. Um, and it's a really beautiful place I'd love to visit. Yeah. Cool. Good answer. Uh, third question and final question for me is um, your... Uh, any book that you like to recommend to people can be a novel, can be a biography, can be anything. Yeah. I think, you know, for me, a book that really, I think for you as well, Tommy, um, mm. that you, we spoke about it when you came down yes. was um, The Power of Now. Like mm-hmm. that one for me, um, when I first picked it up, I was like, what the fuck is he yeah. actually saying? Yeah. Um, but what then when I... was Eckhart? What, yeah. <laughs> um, but then, you know, when I went through my shit, like I realized how how on the money it was mm-hmm. so that one and then a book by Pema Chodron who's a, um, a wonderful Buddhist nun called The Places That Scare You um, for mm. anyone that's going through some really really challenging times that's a, that's a wonderful book as well nice. cool awesome uh, for me yes uh, what do you like to do when you have some downtime or when you have some spare time and we actually the show we had before uh, he said oh you know I've got no spare time and, which is good but like some things you just enjoy doing that probably aren't necessarily work related um and I really love traveling, mm. um, but I really love experiencing amazing conversations. So for me, like I, I, I like um, deep and meaningful conversations. So mm. any chance I get to, to bail someone, ask them, ask them about their life um, is a good moment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's uh, very similar to me, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Uh, now, what about a, a role model or someone that inspires you? Uh, for me, it's my teacher. Um, so his name is Chana Desanaika and He's the most um, caring, compassionate, and present individual I've ever met in my life. Mm. The kind of person that no matter what adversity he comes, uh, he in- in- encounters, he's always kind and, and understanding. And for me, it's, it's almost like a superhuman quality because mm. um, for me, I'm very reactive sometimes. And, you know, I see only from my personal experience, but he sees from a, a vastly broader experience. So he's someone I definitely look up to. Beautiful. And uh, finally, mate, if you could invite three people to a dinner, mm. dead or alive, who would they be and why? Which is a very tough question. <laughs> oh. uh, Miranda Kerr. Oh, yeah. Good answer. Yeah. She's very meditative. Good answer. Very, oh, get her to bring her. her you know. friend Adriana Lima could probably come along. Yeah. Adriana Lima. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> that's two. And um, Giselle. Yeah, hey, that's a great, great dinner. dinner. <laughs> Sorry, smoking like a true man. Yeah, we get everyone sat down. Mahatma Gandhi, maybe Michael Jordan. Yeah, tell us who you really want. Who do you want back? If my if my if my if my fiancés listen to this, I just want to talk to them about um, their business <laughs> and how yeah. they got so popular. Exactly, um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Great set of businesses. Oh, so sorry. Uh, about yeah, great <laughs> personalities. <laughs> uh, great, Manash. Well, um, where can people find you? Anything you want to plug? Ah, man, just um, you can find me a lot of places these days. Like my our studio is at in Collingwood. It's called a hyphen space a meditation studio or a space meditation studio. Um, online, it's www.a-space.com.au or my personal website, which is menage m a n o j d i a s dot com um, And I've got a whole bunch of articles and stuff up there. And um, yeah, just just check it out. And mm. you know, if I could leave you guys with anything, meditation is 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 simple. You just have to remember to do it. Uh, no? That's great. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. 
All right, Minaj, thanks so much cool. for coming on the show. Mm, thanks, boys. Love cool. fun. It's good fun. Good Have fun. for round two, like Bill said. Yes, yes. All righty. And uh, that's a wrap. All righty, guys. Thanks for listening. If you are a first-time listener, please leave us a subscription. Don't leave us a subscription. Just give us a subscription. That will help us climb the rankings, get more downloads, which would be great. Then um, once you've listened a few times and you really like the show, which you will, I know you will, then leave us a rating and review. So uh, if you could give us a rating and review, five stars, of course, that would be amazing. Again, that will help us climb the ratings and get in front of more people. And then uh, also, if you want anything that was mentioned in the show, you want to learn anything, uh, you want to check anything out for yourself, then head to www.adventurefittravel.com forward slash radio and all the show notes will be there. Don't forget audibletrial.com forward slash ADVF radio for your audible freebies. Head to quashcreative.com and use the code word radio when you're speaking to the guys. Get a free SEO report or a report on your existing brand. Also, last but not least, head to adventurefittravel.com. And if you want to book on a holiday, guys, 10% off if you use the code word radio. Alrighty. That's it from me. See you next week.